win it. Are you kidding me? Are the national champions of 2015? And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. We are rocking and rolling. This is Crown Sports Charlotte. I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan. We've been gone for I don't know what a little over a week now. Feels like a year. <laughs> Panthers had a bye week, so we also. Took a little time off, but we are back now, and we're ready to rock and roll. Here's a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about on today's show. Starting things off, Cam's going to go off on a little tangent about gambling. We call him Cam's gold, Gambling Golden Nuggets, and he talks about North Carolina teams, betting on them, whether it's college, whether it's pro, whatever. It's his best gambling advice for the upcoming weekend. Then we're going to go, and we're going to do a Panthers players' grades. Basically, I'm going to say a player, and we're going to give them a report card grade A through F. We're going to follow that up with a whole lot of Hornets talk because the Hornets had a huge win last night in an opening night game that I think surprised a lot of people, us included. So we're going to talk Hornets news and notes. Then we're going to talk about the Hornets over-under win total this season is set at 23.5. So we're going to debate whether we think they will go over or under that mark. And then we're going to wrap up talking about do the Hornets have a point guard controversy already? And then wrapping things up, Cameron is going to ask me some Hornets trivia questions just to end the day on a little bit of a fun note. Before we get started, though, make sure you follow us on our social media on Twitter at Crown Sports CHA. Instagram is the same handle. Facebook and YouTube. Just hop up in the search bar and search Crown Sports Charlotte and we'll pop up there. As always, make sure you share the show. Put it on your timeline on Facebook. Just click share. Share to public. That'll let all your friends see us. And then also, if you're on Twitter, just go ahead and hit that retweet button. That would help. Just spread the word about the show and get us out there to any type of Panthers, Hornets, Hurricanes, Duke, and UNC fans we can possibly get to. All right, Cameron, once again, if you would tell us all about our leading sponsor, Steamroll Vodka. Yeah, huge shout out to Steamroll Vodka. They are the reason that we are able to come here and do this show for you guys every single week. Um, It is the vodka of the working class people. It is smooth. It is pure. You can't miss it. It's got the huge yellow road signs on the bottle. Walk into your local liquor store. Ask them, please, please, sir, point me to the Steamroll Vodka. All right, um, we're going to go ahead and get into the first bit of the show, my gambling golden nuggets. I was 3-0 last show. People online are calling me the hottest gambler alive right now, whatever that means. I don't know, but I was 3-0 last week. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump into the first one. This is my mortal lock of the week. I, I, I think that this one... I think that this one hits easy. App State is 9-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 road games. They are a 27-point favorite against a horrible South Alabama team that is 1-6 with a 42-6 loss against Memphis, a 35-3 loss against UAB, and a 37-13 loss to Troy in their last game. I think App State absolutely blows them out of the water. I think 27 is very, very low. I was so surprised to see that number. 9-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 road games. App State wins. App State covers. The next one we've got is the total is Charlotte. So the, to- the total's gone over in six of Charlotte's last seven games. I've been telling you guys all about the Charlotte over. 
six of their last seven, they're playing North Texas, who has hit the over in five of their last seven. The total is 63.5 right now. Charlotte has a great offense, a horrible defense. That is why they keep getting these overs. North Texas is in a similar situation. I think that this one goes over. Again, that is over 63.5 in the Charlotte-North Texas game. Next, we've got East Carolina playing South Florida. South Florida owns them, 8-1 and one straight up in their last nine against East Carolina. The spread is minus 2 USF, but I think the money line is at minus 125 is a little bit safer. I, I just think in case something crazy happens, you know, and they only, uh, they only lose by uh, one or they only win by one, I think the money line is the much safer play. East Carolina has not won a single conference game all year. I do not think that they start this week. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the UNC-Duke game. UNC is 9-3 and three straight up in their last 12 home games against Duke. This is a rivalry game, though, and I would not touch it with a 10-foot pole. This is a bait game. UNC is, is minus 3.5. I would think that... To me, that basically it's at UNC, so that basically means they're really favoring UNC with like half a point because you get three points for playing at home. So it's basically UNC, UNC minus half. I don't like it. I, I think UNC is a good football team, but they're they're not great. They're not bad. It's like they I don't know who's going to show up, especially in a rivalry game. Duke has a good offense, but you know sometimes they they give up points. I, I just wouldn't touch this at all. I, I, I think UNC either blows them out or Duke beats them by less than a touchdown. I, I, think, I think it's going to go one of those two ways. I don't like this line at all. I would not touch that. So just to, just to recap, the, I got, I got three, three picks for this week, three trends. App State to cover a 27-point uh, spread against South Alabama. That's number one. That's the mortal lock of the week. Charlotte, North Texas, over 63 and a half. Six of their last seven for Charlotte, five of the last seven for North Texas. And then South Florida straight up against East Carolina. They are eight and one in their last nine against East Carolina. I think Charlotte wins this one. I mean, I think that uh, South Florida wins this one easy against East Carolina. Those are my gambling golden nuggets for the week. Uh, I'm looking to go six and oh. You know, I'm, I'm the hottest man in sports gambling right now. Check, check my record. Um, but we'll uh, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to the next portion of the show. All right, I guess we will. We have lost Facebook, and I really I, I really don't know why. Uh, it happened on my computer, and it happened on the iPad that we record the show off of. It just popped up and said, "You are now logged out." So I guess we're rolling the rest of the show without Facebook. So if you're joining us on Twitter, congrats, you are the audience for the night. Uh, all right. So, second topic of the show, those were Cameron's gambling golden nuggets. We're going to talk Panthers. We're going to do individual grades for Panthers players, and we're going to talk about why we have those grades. So, Cameron, I'm going to give you a player, and then you're going to tell me the grade, maybe give me a little bit of why, and then I will do the same. We can just kind of banter back and forth on that. Sound like a plan? Yep. All right. We'll start defensively and then move over to offense. Now, of course, we can't get to everybody. I wish we could get to everybody, but we just can't. Uh, that's just the nature of doing a live show. So we're just going to hit on a handful of players that we think uh, are deserving of being pointed out. So, report card grade A through F. We'll start with Luke Keekley. What do you think? A. A++. Uh, this this guy is, I mean, he's the foundation of of the defense. I, I In my mind, Luke can do no wrong. A++. I, I tend to agree, and I figured this would be an easy one. Yeah. Just because... 
I mean, this is a guy that he leads the league in tackles, or he did before the All-Star break, or not the All-Star break, before the bye week. So that's probably changed now. But this is a guy, he's the leader of the defense. It's an easy answer, A from both of us, for Luke Keekley. All right, number two, Shaq Thompson. I love Shaq Thompson. Uh, great, great young player. I, if I'm gonna give, if I'm gonna give Luke an A, we'll call it an A. If I'm gonna give Luke an A, I feel like I can't give Shaq Thompson an A because I think that Luke is is a better player than he is. So I'll go, I'll go B plus for Shaq Thompson. I I, I like his play. I th- I've seen a couple couple things that he's you know done, done kind of stupidly young, getting some penalties late in games that we don't need. Um, but uh, I'll go B+. Plus. I'm going to go with an A on Shaq Thompson because I think he's been almost just as good as Luke Keekley has so far this season and because he's far exceeded my expectations. I expected Shaq Thompson to have a decent year, if not a good year. He's having a great year. He's having a Pro Bowl caliber year, and I've been saying it since week three that I think the duo of Shaq Thompson and Luke Keekley are the best linebacking duo in the NFL uh, Shaq Thompson's making plays that nobody else on the field is. He's all over people. Uh, Shaq Thompson, that's an A from me. Uh, looks like we have a comment coming in. See if we've got anybody jumping in and saying what they think about some Panthers uh, grades. No, they were just, it was just welcoming them. All right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, get it together. Sorry. Sorry. My eyesight is not good enough <laughs> to see the comments on the phone up there. All right. So we're doing our grades. We've done Luke Keekley. We've done Shaq Thompson. How about Brian Burns? I I I mean I love all these guys, but I Brian Burns is he has been very very impressive as far as expectations coming in to this year. I think he's greatly, maybe not greatly, but he's for sure uh, overly gone over his expectations. He he has you know made plays in the backfield. He has forced fumbles. I. I'm going to give him a B plus as well. I, I think that he and Shaq Thompson are are right around the same level, and they're almost just they're almost just as good as Luke. Um, but I can't I, I I can't put him up at that A yet. He'll get there though. He'll get there. I'm also giving him an A. This is a guy that if the season ended right now, he would be the defensive rookie of the year oh, yeah. in the NFL. And I think anytime you can put that on your resume, you're deserving of an A grade. Brian Burns coming around the edge. He's been a huge part of the pass rush. You know, Mario Addison has God knows how many sacks. He leads the team in sacks. I think he has eight or nine at this point. And a lot of those are coming by way of Brian Burns because Brian Burns is coming off the edge. He's forcing that pressure. And then Mario Addison is becoming the beneficiary of it. Uh, So, yeah, Brian Burns has been all over the field. Also, that's an A for him, too, from me. All right. We're doing A through F, Panthers grades. We've done Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns. We're still on the defense. Cameron, Dante Jackson. Dante Action Jackson. Uh, athleticism, one of the best players, one of the most athletic kids on the field at all times. His size hurts him a little bit, but he, his athleticism makes up for that. He's had some great games. He's also had a couple plays where maybe he gets burned a little bit. Um, I'm going to go... B. That's a solid B too. That's a that's a. It's not a B plus, but it's not. It's it's closer to a B plus than a B minus. I'm gonna go high B. I'm also giving him a B. And of course, remember the the leaping grab. I yeah. Think it, I think that was the Arizona game where he was. Oh my God, he could have dunked on a 12 yeah. foot rim. Yeah. No, he was jump. up. He was up there. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. He has not been a lockdown corner. He's gobbled up a couple picks, but not the. He's not living up to the expectations of Vegas having him preseason 
the favorite to lead the league in interceptions this yeah. year. He's not lived up to that expectation, so I'll give him a B because he's still been a solid corner, but not an all-pro corner like we kind of expected. All right, staying with DBs, James Bradbury. I think that James Bradbury is one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. And and it's it's for good reason. When when you're a cornerback and a lot of people don't talk about you, that's a good thing. That means people aren't throwing the ball your way. You're not having to make, you're not making plays to get your name out there. That is James Bradbury. He I'm going to give him an A and he has just ghosted people this season. Ghosted them. I mean, they don't even throw the ball his way. He he, they, people don't talk about him for good reason because there, there's nothing to talk about. A, A for James Bradbury. A also, because the Panthers' defense two weeks ago was rated the number one passing defense in the league, and that is in large part due to James Bradbury. What does he do? James Bradbury comes in and he takes away your number one wide receiving option. That's what he does every game. Comes in, you know your number one target. Most of the time, he did struggle a few times in the last game in London, but we see a lot of defenses struggle when they go over to London. But James Bradbury, as a whole, he's been arguably the best corner in the league this year, and you're right, nobody's talking about him because there's so much around Jalen Ramsey and what he's been doing. Of course, the Patriots' defense has just been out of this world, but James Bradbury has quietly been one of the best cornerbacks in the league this year, definitely giving him an A. Still on defense, this is our last defensive player that we're going to grade A through F, Eric Reed. Eric Reed has Im- impressed me this season. And I mean the team as a whole has impressed me this season, but Eric Reed is a guy that I am, have not been the most fond of in, you know, in recent years and he he has impressed me. We talked about it uh, either I think it was last Panthers uh, post game show. We talked about how he had become a better tackler. He was making plays. I'm going to give Eric Reed a B plus um, because I think that he has become a better tackler throughout the season. The 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 past defense was always there, but I think he's become a better tackler, and for that, I'll, I'll give him a B plus. I'm gonna give Eric Reed a C because I haven't seen him become that much of a better tackler. I still think he whiffs a lot. I think he goes for the big hit a lot, and then ends up not wrapping up and tackling. And now, granted, a C means middle of the road. Yeah, that doesn't average. mean that doesn't average. mean you're a detriment. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a detriment, but those plays upset me. And the reason that he's not further down is because he has come up in back-to-back weeks with forced and recovered fumbles, and he's been making plays. He's struggled. He he couldn't tackle me some days, but he has been making some big plays because of that. I'm going to leave him in that C range. He could very easily slip down into that D and F range just as easily as he could jump up into that A, B range. So the jury's kind of still out on mm-hmm. Eric Reed right now. All right, let's go to offense as we continue grading these Panthers players A through F. Once again, I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan. Collectively, we are Crown Sports Charlotte. Share the show. Give us a little love. That would be awesome. All right, Christian McCaffrey. A thousand pluses, a a plus one thousand. I mean, I don't even have to say it. Everybody knows. I I will just I'll let you talk on this one. I I don't even have to say it. They know. See, I was gonna give him a C minus here. Yeah. <laughs> as everybody leaves the show. <laughs> no, Christian McCaffrey, one hundred percent A, and as many pluses as you can give him. Uh, he he's he's an MVP caliber player at this point. Yeah. If you're looking to divvy out the MVP right now especially with Patrick Mahomes being injured, you're looking at 
Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson, probably. Yeah. Those are your top three guys in the MVP race right now. And I think you have to give the nod to Christian McCaffrey as it stands right now. Is there anybody else you would put in that race that, that I may be forgetting? Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't think of anybody else. Um, I think Jimmy, Jimmy G's undefeated, but you know, his stats haven't been, you know, insane. And I don't think that he's as important, you know, to be the MVP, you have to be one of the, you have to be the most important player on your team. And McCaffrey has single-handedly won, won the Panthers games this year, and I feel like he is the most, of the guys we named, he's the most important player to his team. I completely agree. With that in mind, next grade A through F, Kyle Allen. This one's interesting. I, I, I've, expressed my, I've expressed my opinion on, um, on our Crown Sports Charlotte Twitter account that you know, I think that the media is overhyping Kyle Allen. It's obvious that they don't actually watch the games. They were just looking at the, you know, the win losses and assuming that this guy was was really good. And it's not that he's bad. I just don't think he's great. I, he's he, you know, he he's smart. He makes very smart decisions. He doesn't force anything. That that part about his game is underrated, right? That's the part that they should be talking about. That he's very very smart. He's a system quarterback. He doesn't force the issue. Um, but because he's a system quarterback, I'm going to give him a C plus. That's that's above average. That's that C C is average. C is average. C plus is above average. But but just just by a little bit. And I want to make it clear: we are not having the Kyle Allen Cam Newton debate. That debate has been pounded into the ground. We are not doing that. We are not doing that right now. You say C plus. I'm giving Kyle Allen an A, because what more can you ask from the guy? He's come oh. out. He's won. All four games he started, he hasn't thrown an interception, he's made the right decisions, and he's done enough to go and win every game. Sure, has Christian McCaffrey put him on his back? Yes. But has he facilitated the ball to him and said, this is what I need to do to win games? That's exactly what he's done. He's played within himself, he's been self-aware, and he's won football games. And because of that, I, I don't know what more you could ask from Kyle Allen right now, so I'm giving him an A for sure. He's converted on third and long. Showing off his arm, especially when he throws to the right side of the field, I think he has to be an A. I'm I'm grading this on a relative scale, right? Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, those guys are A's. Those guys are A quarterbacks. I don't. Kyle Allen is not Russell Westbrook. He is not Aaron Rodgers. So I can't. Yes, as far as like what his job, like his individual job. Yes, A. He's gone out there and done everything he wanted. But as far as me rating him. As a relative quarterback to the rest of the league, I'm giving him a C plus. Okay, and my my thought process wasn't necessarily comparing them to the rest of the league. Yeah. It was more so has he come in and how well has he done at his job? And I think, like I said, from a backup quarterback, you cannot ask I, any more. I agree. Yes, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Contextually, as far as the Panthers go, a I mean he's undefeated. You can't. He he has no blemishes on his record, so you can't you can't knock him off. 5-0 on his career, no yeah. interceptions. Yeah. It's never been done before in the history of the NFL. Uh, so, hey, maybe I can compare him to the rest of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers didn't do that. Russell Wilson didn't wow. do that. Patrick Mahomes didn't do that. Tom Brady didn't do that. Nobody did. All right. Next grade, the offensive line as a whole. I didn't want to go one by one. Yeah, yeah. Early on, Kyle Allen and still has had some fumble problems, and it's caused by just immense pressure in the backfield. Um, we, we saw against, you know, Jacksonville, they were able to get, get in and get a couple late strip sacks that, that helped them almost come back and win that game. 
Um, and and that's all on the offensive line. You know, they've had some plug and play guys. It, I can't give them. They're not the worst offensive line in the league, um, but but they're nowhere close to the best. I'm going to give them a C, just middle of the road. I'm also giving them a C, maybe even a C minus. Partially, I leave them at that C range because obviously they've been good enough to win, even with a backup quarterback. So it's hard for me really to tear at you. I think it was ESPN did a ranking of the of every offensive line in the league, and the Panthers were 25th in that ranking. And a lot of that comes down to this team still doesn't know who their left tackle is. Yeah, You want it to be Greg Williams because he was your second-round draft pick. Or, or Greg Little, I'm sorry. But he's been banged up every week. He's questionable for this week. We don't know if he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Daryl Williams, when he's in there, is hot garbage. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's no, terrible. He's not good. He, we said it on a show a couple weeks ago. If something bad happens offensively, you can bet that Daryl Williams will be on his ass. And that is still the case. He is awful. And at the end of the day, in the NFL, if you don't have a left tackle, you cannot succeed, especially not late in the season and in the playoffs. And right now, this team does not have a left tackle. Hasn't been good enough for them to win so far? Yes, which is why I'm not dropping them down in the DNF. But do I think it's going to be good enough to win late in the season? especially when it starts getting cold and you really need to run the football? No, I don't. Like I said, Daryl Williams is awful, and you cannot win without a left tackle. So I'm giving them a C. Yeah, we, we, we touched on it on our last Panthers postgame show that a lot of Kyle Allen's passes are to the right of the field. That's because he's rolling right because the left tackle isn't, isn't there. I mean, he has so much pressure from the left that just to buy extra time – Almost every play, almost every play, he is going to his right. And that's just, he has to. He can't, he can't go left. There's no protection there. And, and I think you're exactly right. They're going to have to, they're going to have to figure something out. Or, or especially if they keep winning and end up, and end up going into the playoffs in contention, they, they've got to figure something out. Because he, if, if they play a team with a great, you know, defensive end there, he's just going to get feasted on. Trade deadlines, a little under two weeks away. Keep an eye on it. I'm not saying the Panthers will trade Cam Newton. I feel like that's more of a ridiculous storyline than a reality storyline. Wow. But I think if they did, it would be in pursuit of a left tackle. Yeah. All right, we've only got three players left while we're doing our Panthers grades. Greg Olson, A through F. Also, for everybody watching, if you want to jump in, tell us what you think their grades are. If you think Greg Olson's deserving of an A or if you think he's deserving of an F, jump in the comments. Let us know what you think. I... I feel bad for Greg Olson because he, it, you know, as a tight end, it's 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 weird when you you've had to play with multiple quarterbacks, especially with a guy that you really don't have too much chemistry with, and just makes a lot of safe plays. Um, and, and so Greg Greg Olson's stats this year, he's had a, you know one or two good games, but overall he he really hasn't had you know consistent games like, like we're used to Greg Olson you know doing five catches 60 yards somewhere around there he, it just hasn't been happening and I don't necessarily think that that is Greg Olson's fault I, I, I don't put that on Greg Olson but because of that because of just going off of stats um, I'm gonna have to give him a I'll give him a B minus. He he he's been he's been good in in run blocking and he's and he's been good in pass blocking. But just because of the offensive you know struggles that he's had, I I, I can't give him any more than a B minus. All right, I'm giving Greg Olson a, a C. So we're kind of in mm-hmm. the same realm here, and that's because a, a lot of what you said in that he he had two really good games earlier in the year, one against the Bucks, one against the Cards, 
And since then, he's he's been pedestrian. Yeah. I do want to point out, you mentioned the quarterback change, of course. His best game of the season was against the Cardinals, where he had over 100 yards and a touchdown, with Kyle Allen at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, everybody started thinking, man, this is going to be a yeah. really good connection going forward. And since then, we've seen Kyle Allen just continue to stray away from Greg Olson for whatever reason that may be. Yeah. It, it may be Greg Olson's fault. It may be just preference of Kyle Allen. But either way, I, there's no avoiding the fact also that this may very well— this is, in my opinion, going to be Greg Olson's last year in the NFL. He's, he's limping. He's slower. He's already doing broadcasts on the bye week. Yeah. He's going to be in the broadcast booth next year. A lot of people said it was going to happen this year, and then he decided to come back. I think, especially with the severe lack of production we've seen just over the last few weeks, this is Greg Olson's last year in the NFL. Yeah, unless unless he goes ring chasing or something, and one last season he decides, hey, I'm going to go play for the Patriots or something, I, I agree with you. Curtis Samuel, A through F, what do you think? Curtis Samuel was very hyped up coming into the season. Very hyped up. And, and again, when we're talking about the Panthers' wide receivers, all the blame uh, you know, about production isn't necessarily on the wide receivers. We talked about the quarterback problem. I'm not, I'm not just going to you know, beat a dead horse. Um, he's made plays. He, he, he's gotten open. He runs good routes. Um, sometimes the ball just isn't there. And... I think he stretches. I think he stretches the field a lot, which which opens opens room for DJ Moore, and so because of that, I'm going to give Curtis Samuel a B. I think that he's been above average as far as doing his job. He's not the number one wide receiver on the team. He wasn't expected to be, um, but he does do a good job of pulling safeties away. And so for that, I'm going to give him a B. I'm also going to give him a B. His receiving stats have not been great this year. He's he's your general. Three to five receptions per game guy, which isn't fantastic. But the reason I'm giving him a B instead of dropping him down to a C is because of how they've utilized him in the run game. He has been the receiver on end rounds or anytime you've got a receiver getting the ball in a handoff situation, it is coming by way of Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. And he has been very effective when they've done that. And therefore, I think he even scored a touchdown earlier in the year where he dove for the pylon, and coming off an end around play at like the five-yard line. So yeah, Curtis Samuel, he's a steady B right now because he's a he's a mediocre wide receiver, but he's dynamic and yes. he adds to the run game. So I will I will give him some credit there. All right, last Panthers grade, and then we're getting into a whole lot of Hornets talk. Final Panthers grade, A through F, DJ Moore. DJ Moore has quiet. I I, I talked about it, I think, on one of our first shows. I thought DJ Moore was going to be a bust. I talked about it on our, or not a bust, but I talked about it on my fantasy football preview, and I did not think that DJ Moore was going to put up the numbers people thought that he was going to. He has quietly put together a pretty good season, especially, you know, uh, under the circumstances. And because I'm kind of having to eat my words a little bit, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna boost him up to a B plus. I'm not gonna give him an A because he hasn't been you know he hasn't been all world or anything like that. But for uh, he 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 surprised me and impressed me B plus. I will leave him also at a B just like Curtis Samuel because I think he's been a better receiver than Curtis Samuel mm. of course, but he hasn't added in the run game like Samuel has. Uh, DJ Moore he only has one touchdown on the season, but. When Christian McCaffrey has been so efficient, there's only so many touchdowns yeah. to go around. So I'm not expecting him to stuff a stat sheet with touchdowns. 
other than that, he's had good games and bad games, yards he had wise. A bad fumble, but he's had he's had more good than bad games. So therefore, I can't put him in the low level of a grade. Uh, I think his production has diminished a little bit with Kyle Allen at quarterback because Kyle Allen has made a conscious effort to spread the ball around the field. Mm. And I think that will bring down everybody's receiving stats a little bit. But as a whole, as a team, it has really promoted them and helped them advance. So I'm going to leave DJ Moore at a B. All right, that's going to do it for our entire conversation, which lasted a long time on doing Panthers grades A through F. Now we're going to get into some Hornets talk. But first, Cam, tell us about Steamroll Vodka. Steamroll Vodka. You know, it's a Thursday. I know what everybody's going to be doing tomorrow. They're going to be at work just dreaming about getting off. It's the weekend, going home, having themselves a nice ice-cold drink. Why not the drink of the working-class people, Steam Roll Vodka? You can't miss it. Or It's a big yellow road sign on the bottle. Go in, ask, ask, ask the liquor store guy, hey, where is, the, where is the drink of the working class? Where's the best vodka in this store? He's going to point you to the Steam Roll Vodka. Vodka. Also, for anybody tuning in right now, thank you guys so much for your support. Give us a give us a like, comment, interact with us, share us, give it, give this video a retweet. Um, you know, j- just spread the word because we we get to do this because of you guys, um, because of the people who tune in every single week and interact with us. It makes it fun for us. Uh, it, it, it's hopefully it's fun for you guys. You know, having getting a say and getting your opinions heard. Um, we love that. So please like, share, repost, tell your friend, tell your neighbor. You know, put up put up a sign on your front porch, Crown Sports Charlotte. Do whatever you got to do. Spread the word. Thank you guys so so much. Like a political sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Also, you know we're getting T-shirts soon. I didn't tell you that before the show, but I'm telling you merch. Right now. Merch is coming. <laughs> All right. So first off, I'm going to start with a couple news and notes about the Hornets after the game last night. Uh, so on a sad note, first off. Nicholas Batum, he suffered a broken middle finger. I don't know in, how sad. I believe in his left hand. He's going to be out three to four weeks. But when you're that age and you've been in the league for 14 years, those types of injuries can tend to linger. So we'll have to see there. Uh, other than that, positive notes. P.J. Washington, seven three-pointers last night. Seven for 11. Sets an NBA record for the most made three-pointers in a rookie debut. And after the game, he was asked about it. And somebody asked him about his nerves, too. And he said, you know, I, I, I wasn't nervous at all. I'm just playing basketball. He said, yep. the night before, I didn't have any trouble sleeping. I stayed up. I played Fortnite with my friends. And then I went to bed, and I slept like a baby. And I think a lot of times, because when I heard that only the most amount of three-pointers made by a rookie in his debut was five, my thought was like, wow, that seems a little low to me, especially in today's day and age. But then I thought, the nerves have to be racing on your first game. And for P.J. Washington, they weren't, and it really worked to his benefit. Also, P.J. Washington setting a Hornets franchise record, and that was with the most points on their rookie debut. He had 27. The former record was 22 by Amike Okafor, and that was back in 2004. So, P.J. Washington, historic night, uh, NBA-wise and you got a comment there, can Yeah, you? yeah. It's uh, NBA wise and Hornets. It's our good buddy night. Carter Isaacs saying that I've got, I have the coldest takes of all time. I mean, that's that's factual. Well, it is. It is. I don't think so. I, I think we're about three to hear three a really and cold. O, three and O gambling golden nuggets last I, year. I think we're about to hear a nice cold take from you because we're about to start having our discussion about the Hornets season win total. 
It, it was set by Vegas, the lowest in the league, at 23.5. So, Cameron, I'll ask you, especially with last night in the forefront of your mind, Hornets over under 23.5 wins this season. If, if P.J. can continue to play like that, which I don't know that he can. He's a great player. I got, I got to see him play in college, got to see him play live. Great, great player. But, I, but, you know, I don't know that he can continue to knock down the three at that rate, especially now the league's on notice. They, they know that he can, he can step out and, and shoot it like that. Uh, Batum is out. I'm, I'm not a big Nicholas Batum fan. Don't think he's very good. Horribly overpaid. Um, but I like the over. I mean, they looked good last night. Devontae Graham looked really good off the bench. Uh, you know, t- Terry Rozier didn't even have a good game. He didn't even have a good game. If if he can if he can start playing well, I don't know. I I I don't know how. I'm not saying that they you know go crazy or anything. But I think that's a really really low number, and I'm gonna take the over. I am. I'm just gonna have to. I mean, last night you were tweeting out for eighty-two and 82 and eighty-two and zero. People are terribly overreacting to last night. I mean, Hornets Twitter day. If you've been on it at all, I, there are literally people. I'm gonna tweet out the meme later because it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Uh, there's people saying that the Hornets are, are now an Eastern Conference title contender, and this is that's that's absurd to me. I am taking, I am definitely taking the under here, because uh, I really thought the number was going to be set around 20 to begin with. Uh, so when I saw 23 and a half, I was like, oh wow, I would definitely take the under on this. Yeah. And when you look at it, the Hornets just simply don't have enough talent. I know, I know how PJ Washington played last night. Do I think a rookie P.J. Washington, who they said at the beginning of the year, they didn't even have enough confidence in him to say that he's going to be with the team all year. James Borrego literally said, yeah, he's probably going to be going back and forth between Greensboro, the G League team, and us. That's how little confidence they actually had in P.J. Washington. Yeah. So if you expect me to think one game on the opening night of the season is going to change my entire opinion of P.J. Washington, you're out of your mind. Do I think he's a good player? Yes. yes. Do I think he's going to go on to be a very good player? Yes. Do I think he's going to... Drop thirty a night in his rookie no. year, and he's not going to keep shooting no. threes like that. No, no. Uh, so at the end of the day, I don't expect PJ Washington to do that every night. Also, this team, and I know these types of rankings don't mean everything, but they are interesting. The I, I believe it was ESPN again. They did their no, it was Bleacher Report. Mm. They did their top one hundred players in the NBA. You know how many the Hornets had? Maybe one. Terry Rozier. Zero. Yeah, zero. Terry Rozier. They, they did a little section that said. Who were the last few left out? And Terry Rozier was one of the yeah. last few left out. That, that's how little talent this team has. Do I think Terry Rozier is probably a top 100 talent in the league? Personally, I do. And I also think he's going to have the best season of his career. I, I'm actually going to put an article on our website about that soon, about how I think Terry Rozier is about to have the best year of his career, regardless of how he played last night. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, this team's not going to win 24 games. Looking back at last season, the bottom three teams in the Eastern Conference, and I think, uh, I definitely do, most people believe this is going to be a bottom three team in the Eastern Conference. Last year, the bottom three teams in the Eastern Conference all won under 23 games. I think that trend continues for at least one team this year, and that team is the Charlotte Hornets. They impressed me more. Devontae Graham impressed me Mm -hmm. more. We're about to talk about him in a second, but not enough for me to take the over on that number. Are you still taking the over? Here? I'm taking the over, and it's only because, like I said, I, 
Terry Rozier did not. They won without one of their best, the the best player on the team having a bad game. That that's what. That's a sign of, you know, usually usually teams that, that are relying on one guy, two guys, when they don't have a good game, the team loses. They He did not have a good game, and the team still won, which tells me that once Terry Rozier starts playing better, and, you know, maybe it's chemistry, I, I don't know what it is, but once Terry Rozier starts playing better, they – they are going to they're going to win some games. They're going to shock some people because they have a lot of guys who can score the ball. I mean, they just have Miles My, Bridges didn't even shoot the ball that much last night. They didn't even need him. They, I mean, Dwayne Bacon had a great game last night. It, the, these are guys that are scorers. They the Charlotte Hornets can score the basketball. I don't know if they can defend it, but they can sure as hell score it. And because of that, if you can score the basketball in the NBA, you're going to win some games. I'm going over. Only player that can really guard on this team is Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and he's going to see oh, yeah. maybe single-digit minutes. minutes per game. And you're right. That's a bad sign. I'm still taking the under. Cam's taking the over. Let's move on to the next topic. And this was stirred from last night, and we kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, Devontae Graham went out and had a – he was the best player on the floor last night. Devontae Graham, eight assists, 22 points. He was the one scoring baskets. He scored – Two three-pointers in a minute with less than five minutes left. He was the one they went to late in the game to win the game. He was the best player on the floor last night. Terry Rozier, who was brought in to be the point guard, did not play well last night. So, Cameron, I'm asking you, do the Hornets have a real, true point guard battle on their hands after game one? I I don't know about battle. For sure. And, and you know, are we talking... Starting starting positions because no yeah. matter okay okay they're both gonna play minutes yes. I'm oh talking yeah yeah last last night man. I think Graham only had like three less minutes than Rogier um I I don't think there's a battle I think Rogier's still the guy I mean that's why that's why they went out and got him you don't just give up on a guy after well they, they wouldn't be giving up on him but you, after one game it's just it's 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 a litmus test. You can't you can't change your whole thinking after one game. I need way more. I need way more of a sample size to make a final opinion about that. Um, and for me right now, Terry Rozier is the guy. That's who you went out and got. That's who you went and paid. He he's the guy right now. You know, ask me again in ten games. Maybe we and and Devonte Graham keeps playing like this. Okay, then you then you got to start looking. But I I don't think until ten or more games. That there, that there's really you can consider it a okay. This could happen. I I think you're right. I I know I, I kind of set the stage there for Devonte Graham to be the starter, and uh, Carter Isaacs jumped in and said Rogier is the starter, and I I think he's right. Yeah. He's also all over you, Cameron, in the comments here, and it's freaking hilarious. He's just mad. <laughs> yeah, Terry Rogier is the starter, but I do want to take a second to at least give credit where credit is due with Devonte Graham. Devontae Graham surprised everybody last night. If somebody tells you, you know, I really expected Devontae Graham to go out there and do that last night, that person is a liar. Yeah. Nobody expected well, that maybe from Devontae mom. Graham last night. Okay, yeah, but that's a mom. <laughs> that's unrealistic. Hey, honestly, his mom didn't even expect that last night. After we saw You hear that, Miss Graham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nobody expected that last night from him. Uh, and even James Borrego didn't even expect it. When James Borrego subbed him in with five minutes left, He's even said after the game, his plan was, I'm going to sub him in for one minute, and then I'm going to put Terry Rozier right back into the game. But then Devontae Graham comes in and bangs back-to-back three-pointers and then drives dishes for an assist. Next thing you know, Hornets have the lead. You can't pull him out of the game. You can't. 
And that's where he really started surprising people. James Borrego, he said at preseason that he was going to really just ride the guy with the hot hand. That's what he did. So good for him. But they still don't have a lot of confidence in Devontae Graham, which is why the initial plan was to pull him after one minute. And I think just by notion of signing Terry Rozier or trading for him, whatever, the whole point of bringing Rozier on was a whole example of we don't trust Devontae Graham. Otherwise, they would have rode with him. But by bringing him aboard, that was their version of saying it's not quite Devontae Graham's time to take, to take the reins yet. And you already said it. One game is too small of a sample size. I do think Devontae Graham has improved. He put on six pounds of muscle in the offseason, so hats off to him for that. He said he shot hundreds of three-pointers a day because he only shot 28% from deep last year. But at the end of the day, when he's distributing the ball well, he opens things up for everybody else. He had a 4-1 to assist-to-turnover ratio last year, which is really unheard of by a rookie in the NBA. So good for him, but no, I don't think that there is a real point guard battle going on in Charlotte right now. Rozier is the man going forward. It, it's starting to sound like James Brigo has no idea what he's talking about. You know, he, oh, I'm only going to put it put him in for one minute. He ends up going off. Oh, P.J. Washington's going to be going back and forth. P.J. Washington goes off. James Brigo needs to just keep, keep uh, talking down on his players so they can keep going off. That's what needs to, that's what needs to keep happening. Carter Isaacs jumped in the comments uh, to my point saying that the reason they brought Terry Rozier in was because they didn't totally trust Devontae Graham, he said, or it's just bringing in some competition to push him to another level, assuming he's going to be the guy. And I think, I mean, yeah, I think obviously when you bring somebody in, it's always to push somebody to another level, but that's not necessarily to push Devontae Graham to a starting level. Well, yeah, They I, didn't trust him to be the starter. They still don't trust him to be the starter. James Borrego hasn't said it, but he's made it pretty clear with – Virtually all his substitutions, all his moves, everything he did throughout the summer. They, and they had to go get somebody because Kimball was gone. I mean, you can't just not replace that in some form or fashion. You have you had to get somebody. Not a lot of not a lot of interest in you know big big time players wanting to come to Charlotte. So they you know they they settled on Terry Rozier. A lot of people didn't like it. I think. Uh, I want to say it was like NBA.com rated it as like one of the top three worst moves of the offseason. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. That's just. That's absolute bull. But they they had to get somebody. I think Terry Rozier was a great get. He's the starter. Got to stick with him. All right. We're going to wrap up the show with one final segment. Cam, you said you have some trivia prepared for me. Is that right? I do have some trivia questions for you. Let's get it. So the first one, this is going off P.J. Washington uh, having having a hot night. And I tweeted something about this earlier. This was before I actually, when I looked at this stat that P.J. Washington, I didn't Watching him in college, I did not see him shoot the, shoot that many threes. So the question is, in P.J. Washington's two two years at Kentucky, how many threes do you think he attempted per game on average? Do I get any type of multiple choice No help here? at all. I'm giving you no help. If you're close, though, we'll, we'll, we'll count it. I'll go three and a half. 1.4. Wow. One, 1.4. His freshman year, it was only this. And this, looking at this stats, it, it kind of starts – I'm kind of starting to put it together, but his freshman year, he only shot .6. He shot less than 1-3 a game his, his freshman year. His sophomore year, he got bumped up to 2.2, 2.2 shots per game, which shows me maybe he was working on a little bit at Kentucky. Not only that, a more surprising stat was his freshman year, he only shot 24% from three. His sophomore year, he shot 42%. 
So obviously between his freshman and sophomore year, he he was working a lot on that three-pointer. And and obviously between his sophomore year and this rookie year in the NBA, he must have been doing the same thing. And now that you mention it, that makes more sense too. Because when you start thinking about the other guys on that roster yeah. at Kentucky to take the three, uh, you talk about Tyler Hero. Exactly. Guys like that. There, there wasn't a ton of rooms for him to step out and shoot the long ball. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that makes more sense now for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll go ahead and go into, and this this kind of, you know, piggybacks off my 82-0 and statement, but what do you think that the odds are for the Hornets to win the NBA Finals this season? So it's plus, you know, plus whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, and I guess kind of to piggyback, where do you think that they were ranked as far as teams to win the NBA Finals? I would assume dead last. And with that being said, I don't know, plus 8,000? I, I don't know. It, well, they were, they were second to last. They were tied with uh, the Wizards, the Grizz, and the Knicks. Um, but it's plus thirty thousand. Oh so my god! You, I was so far. If you want to, if you want to toss ten bucks on that uh, as a as a Hornets fan, that's got some big returns right there. That's that's three thousand dollars in your pocket. Ten to win three thousand. We got a plus a hundred in the comments there. I uh, I think somebody doesn't know much. About yeah, gambling. I don't, I don't <laughs> think somebody's ever gambled it ever. Okay, the next question is. Uh, you know, we kind of we kind of talked about um, them just in the Eastern Conference. So just to win, so knowing that they're plus thirty thousand to win the finals, just to win the Southeast Division, just to win their division, what what do you think their odds are? Oh Lord, let me look up every team in the division just to make sure I got it right. NBA, you're you've got Miami, you have that. the Wizards, and the Magic. And there might be one more, but I know that those. I know those. Either way, either way, uh, to win the division, I mean, it's still got to be ridiculous. I'll go plus. You said it was thirty thousand for the yeah. finals. I'll go twenty thousand. Yeah, it's fifteen thousand. But okay. what shocked me was they were the worst by far, and they were. I mean, the the next closest was the Wizards, who were plus five thousand. You had. Um, Kingpin Landlord says plus 100 again. He's brilliant. He's yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. We also got a plus 2,500 from Carter Isaacs. Yeah. I See, I thought that it would have been – I mean, this just shows that there were there, people have zero faith in the Hornets at all. I, I mean, they, they the weren't Hornets. even plus 5,000, so plus 15,000. Are they really that much worse than the Wizards? The Wizards suck. The Wizards aren't good. I I just couldn't believe that difference when, when I saw it. I, the, the Hornets are I, – I didn't know. They're getting no respect from Vegas, no respect from from per, people making predictions about how they're going to do in the season. Shock the world, 82-0. They're also not getting much respect from Crown Sports Charlotte, <laughs> especially not me. I'm going to cover them, and I, they've got some good dudes on that team. Devontae Graham is a student of the game. Uh, PJ Washington. They can score I, the ball. I've covered him and interviewed him before. Whenever he played uh, at Kentucky, mm-hmm. heck of a dude. I I great want guy. them to do well because they're great guys. But I'm not putting much faith in them as it stands right now. All right, that's gonna do it for our show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Shouts to Steamroll Vodka for keeping us live. Also, sorry for anybody that was on Facebook. We're going to try and fix that problem as soon as we can. But if you tuned in on Twitter, shouts to you for that. I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan. If you missed some of the show, you can always check out the podcast at Forum. We'll be sending that out tonight, so it'll be on your phone by tomorrow morning. 
on whatever you want. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. If you like to live like an eighth grader, whatever you want to do, it's going to be there for you. All right. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Crown Sports Charlotte.